0: Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans.
1: Ah, Good morning. Happy Friday. No, no, no. It's not the sweet and soothing tones of Mike Evans this morning. He's out. Matt Smith's in. Mark Schlereth's here, though. I am here. But Mark, I know that on Fridays mm-hmm. we've got to bring the day in correctly. Yes. So, so go
0: ahead, bro. You can crank this up a little bit. It's
1: more like it. That is more like it. You know, actually. And join in on the Ramoslaw.com text line 303 713 1043. Good morning, 6 a.m. Texter. You were not here when Rogue happened. When rogue was originated. That was one of the days yeah, that when she uh, went rogue. When she went rogue. Yeah. Mike and I are sitting here going, What I mean, what is happening? Yeah, here? she just excommunicated the song on her own. She did. I mean, it was completely a unilateral decision. And look, I mean, Ugh. Sid, after that day, it's been like a what, a month now? Month and a half? Have you learned? She's learned there always. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have learned, but <laughs> oh no, you haven't learned. I've decided to be less rogue. I oh, okay. Oh, okay, you've decided to conform. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, huge news! I forgot to tell you, I received uh, email correspondence from, and I don't want to name drop here, but uh, let's just say a member of the royal family. Okay, and they inform me. That if I were able to help them out with a tough spot they're in right now, uh-huh. that very soon I would be seeing a wealth of riches in rubies and emeralds and diamonds really? coming my way. So you may be talking to a man who's about to be very rich. Okay. Yes, all yes, right. Yes. Yes. yes so you I am have supporting the, a Nigerian prince. Yes. You have yes. had the email.
0: Good for <laughs> yes, you.
1: Good for you. It's exciting. It's exciting. It really yeah. is. You, know, you just... You go through life, and hopefully
0: one day things turn for you. Yeah, and then you get the email, and yeah. then you know you're on. You're in. And your It'd number's called. Yes, exactly. <sighs> glory, glory. Speaking of royalty. Speaking of royalty. How about Caitlin Clark? Oh, my gosh, and we'll get into her yeah. today. We have tons to do, but
1: Caitlin Clark last night with a career-high 49 points. Okay, forty nine. She had twenty three in the first quarter, and all she needed was eight to break Kelsey Kelsey Plum's all time women's basketball scoring record. Uh huh. She owns that now. Yeah, and she did it with a logo three, like transition run into it from like thirty eight (laughs) feet.
0: Yeah, it just was was nuts. nuts. It was she makes some off balance, just you know, off platform shots where body's contorted, and it's just nothing but pure. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, and we we really got to know her well as a country last year in the tournament. right? Yeah. I mean, we saw what they did, Iowa and LSU, going head-to-head like that. LSU won the national title. You know, Caitlin Clark with the whole John Cena celebration, yeah. you can't see me type of thing. What's funny is if she's averaging about 32 points per game, I was reading, and four more games, so probably Ohio State on senior night, she has a chance to break Pistol Pete Maravich's all-time record for most points scored ever by a college basketball player, which I think is really cool. So she's got the women's record, and the right. men's record is dead ahead. We'll get back into Caitlin though. It is and Is It Just Me Friday, so send all those in on the Ramoslaw.com text line. I'll start us off. Can I kick us off? Yeah, please. Is it just me, or is this the same Avs team that we saw last year?
0: Whoa. I, you know, I don't think it's just you. I think there's a couple of things that scare me about this team. I think, one, goaltending frightens mm. me a little bit. Yeah. Two, the the you're not getting, like, the grimy work. that Like, you're getting beat to the boards in front of the net, man. You can't clear a puck in front of the net. Like, it just—there's just—like, there's—I don't want to call it toughness, but there are some— there's a, a lack of grimy, almost like you're counting on, hey, our skill is such that we don't have to do the grimy work. And that's what concerns me because that's that, that to me is, especially playoff hockey, that's where you, you, you've you got to live there. And, and the cup team always felt like to me, however you want to play, we can match you. Mm. If you want to try to skill with us, we can skill with you. If you want to try to get grimy with us, we can get grimy with you. Like and They always felt that way. This team doesn't feel like, they feel like last year in that it doesn't feel the same to me. Right. Yeah, and you're 100% correct. I mean, last night the Avs lost 6-3 to in Tampa
1: Bay. That rounds out a road trip where they collect a grand total of three of possible 12 points. They go 1-4-1 on the road trip out of the All-Star break. And they're reeling right now. They've got some serious problems. And I've been talking about this for the better part of this season, that... Look, you've got a one-man supernova who's driving the bus every night mm-hmm. and it's covering up for a lot yeah it's covering up for a lot and when he's not that dude, it's a problem. And right now it's more than just the production they're getting offensively you just brought it you just brought it up it's they can't clear pucks out of their own zone they can't break out cleanly. there's too many defensive zone turnovers Cale McCarr, the wunderkind, right I uh-huh. mean you know the the chosen one here around here. He was a minus 3 last night. For the road trip he finishes a minus 5. Several different huge turnovers on this road trip led directly to goals and they were his fault. He acknowledged as much last night. So, and you just mentioned toughness. Jared Bednar did something after the game last night. I've never heard him do with this with this team. He called them soft. Did he really? He, he said did? he said it was it was his way he goes, "Yeah, there's um and we're going to hear it here coming up, but he goes, "Yeah, there there are times when we play when we make soft plays." And it was his way of going. Right. No, no,
0: no. Right.
1: It, we're, we're playing
0: soft but right that's, now. But that's what that to me was, is like. What we got to what we got to witness and what we got to be a part of in that cup run is, and I don't know if that's hey you don't have your captain who's who's leading you into that. You know, I mean, you know one thing about Gabe is when somebody needs the business, Gabe yeah. will give it to him. Right. No question. So. Is it is it that aspect that you're missing? That it's so hard, you know. You, you think that taking over a leadership role is easy in mm. sports, and we've seen this. So we saw it with yeah, like I was telling Mike the other day. You, you saw it with the Broncos when Peyton Manning and, and Demarcus Ware retired, and you just thought you had ready made. You know, Von Miller will step up. That, that's not what his, he does. He doesn't want He don't want that responsibility. So it just is interesting to me that they're just like griminess, like. Nas, mm-hmm. there's a grimy dude, right? Val. Like, right, Val, uh, Gabe, and guess who's not playing?
1: Gabe, Val, yeah. and Nas. Yeah, it's it's honestly, you want to boil down a lot of the problems, you can look right there. Yeah, we've got tons more to get into with the Avalanche throughout the morning, but coming up on the other side, I know we've been talking a lot about quarterbacks, and obviously, quarterback is the main topic of conversation here for this Broncos off season. But I think before we can even look at where the Broncos need to go with quarterback. You gotta figure out what's in the room first, and we'll figure that out next. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha, found ya. How? How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless blend auto-pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary.
0: Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth & Evans <laughs> Oh, this is a new one. Yeah. Yeah, I this mean, is uh real bring, real br- she brings it strong. She's introduced me to new music. Dewey. <laughs> Good. Of music. Yeah. Good. I'm only I, I just don't listen to anything but 80s, but I right. kinda
1: What year does what year does your music stop? Like your playlist, if I had to aggregate your playlist, what year would it come up?
0: Um probably Eighty nine to ninety, maybe one. Yeah, there may be a couple. There may be a couple that are in the mid nineties, just because sure. I like them in stadium, in the stadium stuff. Like la da da, we got the dreamers disease. I don't know. Oh yeah, is yeah, that, yeah, But yeah. that was always playing when you're standing around the huddle. If you could, and then you would just be yeah. like, you'd yeah. stand in the huddle, you know, during a TV timeout, and you're like, oh, that is I like nice. this song. Who sings this? I don't know. And then you, like, and then me, Tommy Nailen would be like, nah, 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 nah. Good, right? Yeah. And yes. Then, yeah. Yeah. You just because you got to do something to entertain yourself while you're waiting for the you know get, for the NFL to pay bills. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. If
1: you had to pick one artist from the '80s to just listen to,
0: like just Ooh. one, which one would you pick? One you artist from the '80s. Wow, it's a great question. One band well, from the '80s. See, here's the
1: problem with the premise of this question: is uh-huh. many bands in the '80s. I mean, really, you got a couple of a couple of them, but uh-huh. you, you wouldn't want to go through the whole catalog. Like, I mean, maybe you go Def Leppard. Def Leppard's got a solid catalog. Yeah, sure,
0: sure. I, I mean, was thinking Michael more, Jackson. I was thinking more alternatives like New Order or Echo and the Bunnymen. Mm-hmm. Dude. You to, okay. Wait, what Thank song you. is that? Now
1: you got that in I my don't head. know. Matt Smith is for Mike Gavin.
0: Yeah. Now that song on the text line. Please. By help the way. Me out. By the way. Yeah. I was listening on uh, on Sirius on the YouTube. You know the YouTube channel has a channel. Okay. And Bono does this thing where he writes uh, letters to artists that he admires. That's and cool. Song, and it's really cool because Bono is. Uber intelligent, and he is a great freaking writer. And so he writes these like he calls it the songs that got me from here to there, the songs that saved my life. Wow! And it's just like songs that he's got a connection to. And that was one of the songs, and that band was one of the bands. But I can't remember the band's name. Was, I can't
1: remember either. It's killing me now. Da
0: da, but That's I like why it. I to Tip my tongue, too. Yeah. All right. All, All right. right. Let's, get
1: mm-hmm. Let's get back to business here. Let's get back to business here. Some other really fun stuff to get into throughout the morning, so make sure you're locked in and joining us on the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. We brought it up just a second ago. Daniel Jeremiah works for NFL.com. I really respect him. I think he's, you know, as far as these, you know, the, the guys who are doing the, you know, internet scouting, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the, the scouting experts, the draft
0: experts. He's one of the guys I'll always pay attention to. Yeah. He's a guy that, by the way, over the years, has been approached by several different teams to go work as their, in their scouting department. He's one of the top guys in their scouting department. So he's got, he's got, he's got chops and he's got respect of the NFL community. Yeah. He's just real smart.
1: You can just tell he puts in the work. Yeah. So he's got this matrix that he uses. And I did this exercise the other day with Stoke, and I'm curious to see how you differ from from him. Mm -hmm. So he talks about the foundation of a team, the championship foundation. When I say that to you, what do you think of?
0: Championship foundation, I think of um, key core players. Yeah. And – a um, understanding of exactly what you are
1: Maybe so that's well said there's yeah. a
0: there's a philosophical approach to it, and your philosophical approach has got to marry to your core key players
1: agreed. Agreed, because you're forming your identity, right? Right, You want everybody to fit within that. So he breaks it up into a few different categories. I want to start here with offense, because I think if we're going to look for, hey, should the Broncos be moving up to the second or the third overall pick to go get Drake May or Jaden Daniels and sacrifice more future capital, we got to figure out if that's really the move that's worth it because there are a lot of holes on this team. I know you feel the same way as I as I do that this roster isn't really that close to, sure. to much of anything. But how close are they? Because I think that's really important. Do you want to stick a rookie into a situation where you got nothing around him? Or do you want to find a veteran and try and build up and restock the coffers? Because we know here, I mean, it's been Band-Aid City. I mean, they've been the Band-Aid gang over uh-huh. there slapping one on one year. And here's a new head coach and a quarterback. And let's, you know, rinse and repeat every Ooh. single year. Offensively, he breaks it down into several categories. Jeremiah does. He starts with quarterback. And clearly the Broncos don't have one right now. Correct. So we're 0 for 1. Okay, not a, gra- not a great start. The most important position, you don't have one, never where you want to be. But everything else. He talks about having three offensive playmakers. So, skill positions, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. Do you believe there are three foundational pieces at your skill positions right now? For the Broncos. For the Broncos. Uh, that would be negatory. Mm. I agree. Now, do you see any? wide receivers, running backs, yeah. tight ends, and I'm looking for 3. Yeah. And it doesn't they don't have to be there. This is the whole point is to take stock of what they really do have.
0: Yeah. I would say I would say um I don't necessarily see one. Right. There's like there's a difference between there's a difference between a a legit number 1 and guys who play number one, mm. there, are, there's a difference between and and how those guys affect uh, a defense. So, one of the things that we always did, like when you break a huddle, there's always a plan, right? And offensively and defensively, you you think about these things. So, as an offense, the first point of contact is how do we protect our quarterback? That's always got to be your first. And you can do it different ways, right? You can get empty and you can have guys that can win right now off the line of scrimmage and you can just get the ball out before anybody can get your quarterback, right? That's one way to protect. You know, that's just, we're we're just running scat and our guys are better than your guys. And we know who our best matchup is and we're going to take advantage of it. So that's one way to protect your quarterback. The other way is, hey, man, we have to contend with your best pass rusher. We're going to find a way to double team that guy, to take him out, or your two best guys, we're going to double team both those guys. Now, when you do that, you've got numbers advantages in the back end. So now what do you have to do? Well, i got to have somebody that can legit win versus a double team. You know, versus a in-and-out bracket, a high-low bracket, whatever it is. And so do you have a guy that you think can legit win in every situation as a receiver? And the answer to that is absolutely not. You don't. Unequivocally agreed.
1: Right. I think the only argument you could make is Sutton on a championship team could probably be wide receiver two or three. Yeah, oh, sure. Sure. That that I yeah. think that would be the only argument. But I'm talking about the rest of the guys. They probably aren't playing
0: for championship teams. I mean if we're just being real. Right. So yeah, so you don't you don't have any of those right. things that we just talked about. Certainly don't have it at the tight end position, and you don't have it at the wide receiver position. And frankly, let's face it, we don't have it in the running back no, position. No, they don't. No, not even a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about saying that. I think after last year, the, we expected them to be able to run the football much more efficiently than they did. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was because of the dudes yeah. that were running the ball. I mean, you and I talked about it at the end of the season, Javante struggled. I know he was coming back fresh yeah. off the ACL, came back early, but that's not a championship running back right now. It's mm-hmm. just not. Uh-huh. All right, so let's move on. So right now we're 0 for 4. Good start. Yeah. Good yeah, start. Right. Which, by the way, I agree with you. I agree with you. Quality offensive line. You need three. Yeah. That is where the Broncos should at least have the most talent offensively right now. They spent the most capital in that last mm-hmm. offseason. They paid Powers and McGlinchey, combined $140 million. Yeah. Do you believe you have three foundational pieces there up front?
0: I, I do believe that you have three foundational piece, pieces, but they're neither of the free agents you signed. Mm. I think Bolsey has become a really good player. I think that I think that Cushionberry has become a very good player. And I think Quinn Miners has potential of being a like a Pro Bowl type of player. I don't think Powers was very good this year mm. and and McGlinchey again talking about system fits. McGlinchey has got to have a great system fit um and he has got to be able you have got to be able to run the ball. You've got to be able to give him opportunities to change up sets and do things because he's a smart guy. But he is if you just let him, if you just drop back, if you're playing a drop back game, a five step and a seven step drop back game for 35 attempts a game, he's going to get you beat because he's he doesn't he doesn't hunker down enough. He doesn't have enough leverage. He's too like he's tall. He's a little bit lanky. Like, he just does not have that ability. So you have to, as a play caller, you have to call a game in which he can be effective in. And far too often last year, some of his quarterback not throwing the ball. So, like, there's a lot of different things. It's one of the reasons that, that Sean is moving on. It's because we don't operate, because our quarterback, the way he played, puts everybody in a difficult position. and And that was a lot of what was going on. So you got three. So we do have three yeah. there. All right. So, hey. Hey. It's better than where we started. I mean, we, f- we,
1: we finished three of seven rather than 0 for four. So uh-huh. take the wins, Broncos country. Right, where you, can there get you them. go. We'll get into the defensive side of the matrix here coming up. But on the other side, it's morning brew. Matt Smith in for Mike Evans alongside Mark Schlereth.
0: It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of Joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans.
1: Good morning, Matt Smith. In for Mike Evans. Evans taking a day off, but Schlereth is here because he's always here. Because he's a grinder,
0: folks. That's what Mark Schlereth that, does. That is correct. That is correct. I think Mike is going, uh, going skiing. Well, good for today him today with his son. His good son for him. Had the day off. So I think that's what they're doing today. That'd be fun. If He's uh, listening on his way up to the slopes right now. I know you're a big skier. Get up there any chance you get. Yeah, I would. I would crush him. Absolutely crushing. When was the last time you went up skiing? Uh, probably twelve years ago or so. That soon, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I listen, man. I, I told Mike. I mean, I like he doesn't. Every time I tell him, like I don't know what it is about. He just doesn't believe that I was an athlete or something. Mm. You know. Mm. Oh, I so. saw your old stomping grounds up
1: there and. In- Moscow. Yeah. You yeah. guys don't want to pronounce it the the real way, so... Moscow. Moscow. No. Moscow. Yeah. 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 One of the two. Yeah, so right. I was up there. I saw your old stomping grounds. I Like I told you, I sent you the video. I mean, yeah. I, I was surprised not to see your 20-foot-tall bronze statue outside the Kibbe Dome. They're, but they're, I think they were polishing it. Still,
0: yeah, they're still constructing it.
1: I think, I think that was the case. All right, first up in the morning brew, Jared Bednar. Uh, searching for answers? Pretty hard-fought game, especially early. Yeah, I mean it was, it was a entertaining game. I just I keep looking at the goals against that we're giving up. For me, and um, it's got it's got to mean more to us. To, to you know, wanting to win is going to mean more to us. I think uh, like some of the defending details
0: that we like we'll do it right for 15 minutes at a time. Avs yeah. drop another one, six to three in Tampa Bay last night. There's, there's a lot more. There's a lot more. There's a lot more innuendo or or there's a lot of, of stuff under that surface statement mm-hmm. where you can tell that you can hear. That's like when your dad just says, I'm so disappointed in you. Right. right? right. He's not even angry. He's just like, I, I'm beyond angry right now. I'm just disappointed. And you're like, oh, gosh. You know, I mean. That's what he's that to me. That's what he's going for. There is like I am just so freaking disappointed. Like I thought we were tougher than this. Mm. I hey, thought oh this road trip has been brutal. They came out of
1: the All Star break on the road with the six game roadie. They went 1-4-1. and one. They collected three of a possible 12 points. They're now behind Dallas. They're in second place in the Central. And Dallas has games in hand on them. Winnipeg is just a point back with four games in hand. The Avs aren't in a good place right yeah. now. And Bednar continued. And next up in the brew, this is maybe a first for me. Whether it's mental, physical, or buy-in, whatever it is, like at times during the game, it's just like we we make um, you know we play soft and we come in our zone um, more than one guy at a time and um, you know swinging off checks and they execute and capitalize and score and then we go do it right again for another fifteen minutes and know, give up another grade A chance. It like, seems like uh, some of them were turnovers tonight that were really unforced. He just called his team soft. Yeah. And, and maybe tried to add some window dressing there. But I haven't. We've heard Michael Malone go to that well a couple of times. Yeah. we Maybe more than a couple. Jared Bednar,
0: I, I don't think I've ever heard him say that about soft. this current crew. Gosh. Gosh. You know what, what really got me there? it's a term I have never I've never heard mm. but I wrote it down we're swinging off checks. yeah essentially what that means to me is there are opportunities to check a guy mm-hmm. and you're pulling off yeah
1: or you're you've got the puck you're about to take a hit it, and instead of hanging in there, you're trying to get right. away and you're not really prioritizing puck possession. you're yeah. not coming you're not the heavier team yeah
0: exactly exactly. Boy, like that was, that's a damning, to me, that's a damning statement. Have you ever heard him talk? I haven't heard him, not in the last few years. Uh Uh-uh.
1: Yeah, they have problems, and Uh they know it, and they know it. And and again, I go back to, look, you're a one-man band most nights right now with Nathan McKinnon driving the bus. No one else drives offense. Nobody does. But it's defensively, as we heard in those first two clips. McCarr finishes the road trip a minus five. He's a minus three last night. So is Devon Taves. It's you know, even if the Avs go get a Marc-Andre Fleury at the trade deadline, it's not going to matter who you put back there My. unless you're better in front of them and there's a full commitment to the 200-foot game throughout the full course of a 60-minute hockey game. Oh. And, they're, and they're struggling. There are too many lapses right now. They'll score, then they'll get scored on. It's it, Energy's not great. Energy's not great. That's all I'll say. Next up in the Brew.
0: I'm just filled with so much gratitude and love. And um, the way the fa- these fans support women's basketball is so special. And um, yeah, I mean, you all knew I was going to shoot a logo three for the record. Come on now. <laughs> Here comes Clark. How
1: will she go for history? There it is! The all time leading scorer in women's
0: college basketball.
1: I want you to do something today. Yeah. I want you to go look. At the video from the court level, some guy sitting courtside took a video. The crowd pop when she hit that three. Uh-huh. It's like The Rock coming out at, you
0: know, WWE. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. She yeah. is quite literally a superstar. There, hey, there's... there's the, She is like... For women's college basketball, she's like going to watch Steph Curry play. Quite honestly. Yeah. I actually
1: believe... And I know you can make a statement, Cheryl Miller, Diana Taurasi, right? I mean, go down the list of the unbelievable women's basketball players that have come before her. In my opinion, she's the she's the greatest women's collegiate basketball player of all time. In my opinion, yeah. And, and hey. what's and what's funny about this is that on Saturday night at NBA All Star, they're doing this little shootout between Steph and Sabrina Ionescu, uh-huh. who was like the Caitlin Clark before Cla- Caitlin right, Clark, right, you know, right. five six years ago coming out of Oregon. If Caitlin Clark showed up, the ratings that you would draw for that type of an, of an event, right. I'm not sure there's an NBA player
0: you could add to the dais that would make that type of an impact. No, I I agree with you. I that would just be it'd be a phenomenal watch. Wouldn't by it the be? Way. It would be really cool. It'd can't miss to see that. Yeah, to see maybe maybe if you put another like who's the the hottest college men's basketball. Zach, shooter, Zach, oh shooter! They, yeah, this year's a little. This year's a yeah. little. A uh, little light in the pants. But it would be that would be cool. The whole Pistol Pete thing. The other thing, and you know somebody will do this because Pistol Pete set the all time scoring record in three seasons. Right, right. right. And there was no three point line. <laughs> right. So I, if somebody went back at all his shots and where they were from, how many of them would actually be three pointers? And then adjusted, score adjusted, based on where he shot the ball and how many you know, how many extra points he would have. It would be really interesting to see that. But come on, nerds. Yeah, you know, Pistol Pete highlights. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that dude was a absolute freak show. Even to be mentioned, if Caitlin Clark couldn't get there, even to be mentioned in the same breath as, as Pistol Pete would be like that's so iconic. If she, you've never seen, if weird? you've never seen Pistol Pete highlight video, you definitely need to spend to some YouTube. time on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, you do.
1: Maravich, of course, he holds the record for all-time leading scorer for any college basketball player, men or women. And Caitlin Clark, averaging 32 points per game, four more games of that, if she can hit her average, uh, she'll she'll catch him. She'll yeah. catch him. Hey, uh, last thing I want to mention in the brew. Uh, Taylor Swift has made a donation of a hundred thousand dollars to the GoFundMe page set up for the family of Lisa Lopez Galvin. Mm. Unfortunately, that was the woman who was killed in the mass shooting in Kansas City the other day. Mm. And they had a GoFundMe of seventy-five grand, and Taylor herself donated a hundred grand. So I just thought that was worth mentioning. Really, yeah. just an awful tragedy, and our hearts are and thoughts are obviously with everybody affected. Absolutely, well said. All right, coming up next, we'll get back to our foundation matrix and figure out if there are championship
0: pieces on
1: this Broncos defense.
0: You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Matt Smith in
1: for Mike Evans. Happy Friday. You made it. Mark Schlereth in the house. You know what I saw yesterday floating around social media? What's that?
0: (sighs) Chris Farley would have turned 60 yesterday. I know. I remember. I remember. I was playing for the Broncos when he passed away. Yeah, and I remember when the news broke because it was about uh, five o'clock, five fifteen in the morning. I was driving into work and uh, driving in because I was, you know, I always did two hours of rehab before I started, you know, studying film and all that stuff. So it was five, five fifteen, whatever it was, and I was, I know right where I was. I was right on a Road, and I was just over like. Um, like dry creek just about ready to turn into you know go down to the broncos facility there in dove valley when it was in news flash on whatever radio station i was listening to that chris farley had od would the night before yeah
1: just i mean one of the funniest guys to ever walk the face of this planet man just so funny yeah loved it man he actually uh passed away in the hancock building which is where my grandparents lived Okay So they were Yeah, that was like the whole The building's got, the building's got a butt <laughs> Right, right Chris Farley had to be carried out of a bathtub right. In so. Chicago, right? Yeah Yeah yeah. Alright, uh, yeah Just I, I saw that and I'm going, man I mean, whether it's SNL, Tommy Boy You know, you go down the list I mean, this guy is just an all-time classic Taken right. way too soon at the age of 33 I want to get back into a few things And it is and Is It Just Me Friday And we're going to get to some of your contributions here Coming up a little bit uh, People figured out what song it was Yes. People figured it as out. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh how good I forget?" Yeah. We we couldn't figure out you only get what you give. Yeah. New radicals. New radicals. Yeah. 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 I'm glad the texters helped us out because we needed it there. A little earlier we were talking about do the Broncos have a foundation? I mean, if you're gonna pick a quarterback or you're gonna move up in the draft, well, mm-hmm. What do you have around him? Offensively, we went through and we're operating by Daniel Jeremiah's matrix, and we found three of seven because they have three offensive linemen that are quality. They don't have any offensive playmakers, and they don't have a quarterback. So, offensively, you've got three of seven foundational pieces according to Jeremiah. And is this a hard and fast rule? Is this the be all end all? No. But I thought it was an interesting experiment because I think if you're talking about a veteran free agent quarterback Or you're talking about moving up to number two or maybe staying at 12 and taking a quarter I mean those are those are very different decisions Mm -hmm. And I think you have to make sure that you're on the correct trajectory as an organization before making any of those moves So if you got three to seven offensively, let's look at defense Jeremiah says you need two pass rush foundational pieces
0: Do the Broncos have two pass rush foundational pieces? No I think they have a. I think they have a nice rotation of potential talent, mm-hmm. but to call any guy on their team a foundational piece as a pass rusher, I would say I just. I think you're. I think you're misguided. I like Browning. You know, I, I like what Benito has done. Um, who are some of the other pieces on the outside? Cooper, Cooper I really like Cooper. But to call any of those guys a foundational piece, I just think is—it's a reach, right? It's not. Yeah. A, you, you don't have a Demarcus Lawrence or a Micah Parsons or a Randy Grant. Randy great yeah. <clears throat> but you know what I'm saying? Yes, I, I do. I don't. I don't believe they have a foundational pass. And I think in their, you know, in their three-four front, you play a lot of five-man front. Uh, I don't think they have. A, you don't have an inside foundational piece either, which I really believe you need. To essentially to tie guys up so you can get the one-on-ones on the outside. Right. Like when you can put, you know, back in the day, when you can put Vaughn Miller outside Derek Wolfe or outside Malik Jackson, now you have something because it's really hard. Now it makes it more more difficult um, from an offensive perspective to to double team everybody. No so, question. Yeah, so, I
1: mean, you're operating as a mercenary versus operating as a unit. It's yeah. kind of how I would describe it. Okay, you I like don't that. have that guy. Yeah. So I'm with you. No 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 two pieces interior or outside pass rush.
0: Mm-hmm. Now what about defensive playmakers? You need three of them according to Jeremiah. See, I think they I think they have three foundational playmakers on this defense. I think Justin Simmons yes. is a foundational playmaker. Agreed. I think that um I think that PS2 Patrick Stan is a, a foundational playmaker. Agreed. And I think McMillan Really? At the slot. That dude, that dude, I love I love watching him play. And I think one of the things that really has one of the ways the league has changed. You know, we always talk about how the league has changed. Yeah. Okay. And listen, they every it's not like they run different plays. Like it's still the same crap that we were running when I played, sure. right? I mean, sure. The plays have not New really, on it maybe, right? Yeah. Not really changed. It's some of the motions and formations and how you get to those things. But every defensive player or every defensive coach and every offensive coordinator would tell you one of the first things they talk about is who plays nickel for them, because it's the toughest position in football. When you talk about, you got to be able to play man to man on a slot corner who's got a two-way or a slot receiver who's got a two-way go and is absolutely electric inside running option routes and all that stuff. You've got to have a sense for zone and where your depth is and spatial awareness on the football field. And, oh, by the way, you're a weak side linebacker. So you have got to have the weak side linebacking run fit stuff. So you gotta be a linebacker, you gotta be a you know a cornerback, and you've got to be a safety all wrapped into one. And I think McMillan is a is a pretty special player. Interesting. All right, so we got six to twelve. Six to twelve. Halfway there. Better than I thought.
1: Better than better than what happened when I went through this with Stoke. But
0: I would tell you, on defense, it's more important to have two pass rushers (laughs) than it is Three guys in the backfield that you can throw it away from. That's the, that's <sighs> yeah. the problem. I think we saw
1: that play out in the Super Bowl, right. too. I, I mean, yeah. in large part, I really do think so. I mean, you look at what forty what the 49ers front seven was able to do against Mahomes. Shoot, I mean, that should have been enough. I mean, a couple plays here or there, yeah. they should have won that game, right? So, yeah, I think it's interesting because there are holes on this team, Mark. The reason we did that exercise, mm-hmm. there's a lot of holes on this sure. team. So, if you don't address it right away in the draft, mm-hmm. you got plenty of other stuff to check off as you make your way down this roster right Uh, coming up next four down territory jared bednar taking his team to task over yet another loss another one on the road